welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Happy Easter to everyone. Uh, it is a beautiful Easter morning to celebrate uh, new life in Christ. And so we welcome you all. And we are so glad that you have chosen to uh, celebrate Christ's resurrection here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, there are a number of announcements in our, in our bulletin there. So please take note of those and, and participate as you can. And one thing that I do want to call to your attention, though, you may have noticed that there's a cross outside uh, that is already filling with flowers, and uh, uh, many people have brought flowers, and we have some available, and we invite you to place uh, flowers in the cross uh, to fill it up and to make it bloom, which is a beautiful reminder to us of the new life that we have through Christ's death and resurrection. And I believe that after the service, John is going. John Dunham, our uh, local photographer, will be out there and will be available to uh, take some family photos in front of the cross. If you would like to take advantage of that, uh, please do so and just meet him out there after church. We are so glad that you are here today and... Um, and it's wonderful to celebrate uh, Easter with God's people and to, and to celebrate the resurrection of Christ today with you. It is indeed a special day in the lives of Christians all over the world. Our Savior was dead, and now He is alive. So let us celebrate and let us express the love that God has, has expressed to us through his, the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus, by demonstrating that love for one another. Let me invite you to stand and share the love of Christ with one another.
standing. Please join me for our responsive call to reading printed in your, in your bulletin and will be on the screen as well. We celebrate good news. Jesus Christ is risen. God is our strength and our song. God is our salvation. When we lock ourselves away in the upper rooms of our lives, Christ's presence comes to us with words of peace. Words that send us out of our hiding places with strength and power. When believing does not come easy, and we are more skeptical than faithful, Christ's presence comes to us with words of assurance. Words that transform our anxiety to comfort and our mourning into joyful dance. When tears cloud our eyes so we cannot see signs of resurrection, Christ's presence comes to us with words of hope. Words that remind us of new life all around us, even within. Our assurance is in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen.
children, if you'll come down for our children's moment, and we need to remind you to please fill out the... Um, what are they called? Attendance sheets. Attendant sheets there at the end of your at your end of your rows and pass those down. have so many flowers today? Well, there's, um, you can have your parents or whoever you're here with uh, look at the back of this. Easter's a good time to remember the folks we've lost in our lives, the folks we love that we had to say goodbye to them, but it's also um, a time that we can remember all of our family and be with family and everything. Oh, you're already shaking it. 
Fastened down, I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear, the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Then, just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle and the police began to call. I hurried to the window and looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. But there was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said they moved him in the night and none of us know where. Oh, the stone's been rolled away and now his body isn't there. So we both ran to the garden, then John ran on ahead. We found the stone and empty tomb just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just empty shell. And where or how they'd taken him, it was more than I could tell. Well, something strange had happened there, just what I did not know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. Cause I'd seen them crucify him And then I saw him die Back inside the house again 
the guilt and anguish came. Everything I promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. And even if he was alive, it could never be the same. Then suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume. Like they came from everywhere, drove shadows from the room. Then Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. And I fell down to my knees and I just clung to him and cried. Then he raised me to my feet and as I looked into his eyes, love was shining out of him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt in my confusion disappeared in sweet release, and every fear I'd ever had just melted into peace.
pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Easter day. Um, Continue to guide us in everything that we do in our lives and help us to remember your selfless sacrifice and love every single day. Bless these tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Good morning. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen clothes by themselves. And he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Today as we celebrate uh, the resurrection of Christ, we also need to take time to pause and focus upon those areas in our lives where we need resurrection, those areas where possibly we caused pain to others and we possibly caused Christ to weep. And uh, so that's what I've been thinking about this week as I've prepared uh, this special. And uh, uneventful. Me, I lean more towards the adventurous. And I also feel that it's a part of my mission in life to make sure that other people's lives have a little adventure as well. And, and, and so, I'm one of those people who initiate surprises from time to time. My children back there are going, I feel a children's story coming on. <laughs> You can ask them about things, but since they're here, I'm not going to uh, lean on them today. But since my brothers are not here, I feel free to take their name in vain today. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, my oldest brother got married. And the ceremony itself was kind of an, an adventurous uh, event, including a... The surprise of a small fire in the middle of the ceremony caused from burning candles. But my part of making sure that my brother began his nuptial bliss filled with adventure and surprise came after the ceremony and after the reception. You see, after the getaway car was sufficiently decorated with streamers and cans and just married written on the back windshield, and as the rest of the guests received their hands full of rice, for those of you who are younger, we used to throw rice at weddings instead of birdseed, they were getting their hands full of rice, they were taking care of that, preparing to send my brother and his wife off to a happy life, while they were doing that, I quietly slipped into the back seat of their car, and I hid in the floorboard, 
I pulled a suit bag over me, over the top of me, so that they did not notice my presence there. And well, we took off for our honeymoon. (laughs) After several miles of driving along with them and eavesdropping on some interesting conversation... I thought it might be uh, about time to expose my presence. And so I sat up and said, Surprise! Where are we going? At which point my brother immediately pulled the car to the edge of the road and I was ejected. Thankfully, there were people following in other cars to pick me up. Now, fast forward about five or six years. When my second brother got married, in spite of the threats of bodily harm, if I pulled a stunt like that with him, I did it again. (laughs) Now, if I were him, I would have checked the back seat before leaving, but I guess he had other things on his mind. And so once again, several miles down the road, surprise! I love surprises. And if truth be told, I could spend the rest of my time here today telling you stories of ways in which I have been surprised and ways in which I have surprised others. But today is Easter Sunday, the day when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And if I had to choose one word to characterize the the reaction of Jesus' followers on that first Easter Sunday, it would have to be the word surprise. A missionary reports that a church in Bangladesh was showing a film about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus to an audience of people who had never, ever heard the gospel before. Little children were sitting in the, in the front on the floor and in the aisles, and the adults were standing in the back. And as the story of Jesus' crucifixion was graphically unfolded, and, and, and as Jesus' broken body was laid in the tomb, there were, there were physical tears being shed and audible gasps. And as the disturbed audience watched in horror, one young boy who had seen the movie before spoke up and said, Don't be afraid. He gets up again. (laughs) My friends, can you imagine being exposed to the gospel for the very first time like this group in Bangladesh, watching the crucifixion being reenacted in gruesome detail, and then through the power of the motion picture to witness his resurrection? Your emotions have been dragged through the turmoil of an unjust accusation, a mock trial, a a brutal scourging, a horrible execution. And by by this time, you are emotionally spent. And then, surprise, he who was dead is now alive. Philip Calloway tells about driving his five-year-old son past a cemetery one day and 
And of course, five-year-olds can have can sometimes have a, an interesting perspective on life, can't they? He noticed there was a, a large pile of dirt beside a, a newly excavated grave, and the boy pointed to it and said, "Look, Dad, one got out." <laughs> Well, Philip laughed, of course, like we did, but, but he says that now every time he passes by a cemetery, he's reminded of the one who got out. Surprise. Let's try to see this morning's scripture through the eyes of these women who first visited Jesus' tomb. Imagine their surprise when they discovered that Jesus got out. Why were these women coming to Jesus' tomb so early in the mo- on Sunday morning anyway? Well, they had some unfinished business to take care of. You see, it took a long time to, to properly prepare and anoint a body for burial. And they did not have time to complete the process before the sun went down on Friday evening after Jesus' crucifixion. You see, the Sabbath began at sundown on Friday. And these women were devout Jews, and they were careful not to conduct any work on the Sabbath, even to prepare the body of their friend for burial. And so after Jesus' crucifixion on Friday afternoon, they did kind of a, a quick preparation for burial, but they felt that they needed to come back to finish their work on Sunday morning after the Sabbath. Luke tells us that on that first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body there. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you when you were in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the disciples. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them. What a beautiful story that is. I saw a cartoon one time that depicted the women after they had visited the the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. One woman was kneeling and weeping for joy at what she had experienced, and the other woman was looking at her basket with a scowl on her face. And she said, I certainly hope you kept the receipt for all these spices. I doubt that any of these women were really worried about the cost of the spices that morning. In fact, I doubt they were worrying about much at all. I mean, they had just witnessed the most important event in human history. And they were determined to share this good news with others. Surprise! He's alive. Let's consider for a few moments some of the surprising elements of Easter. 
First of all, the resurrection of Christ marks the moment when life overcomes death. And that's probably the main reason that most of us here today. It is because in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, death has been overcome by life. Golfer Paul Azinger was diagnosed with cancer when he was only 33 years old. And he wrote about that experience saying that a genuine feeling of fear came over me. I could die from cancer, he said. But then another reality hit me even harder. I'm going to die eventually. Whether it's from cancer or something else, I'm definitely going to die. It's just a question of when. And suddenly everything that I had accomplished in golf became meaningless to me. All I wanted to do was to live. And that's when he remembered something that his friend Larry told him. Zinger, he said, We are not in the land of the living going to the land of the dying. We are in the land of the dying trying to get into the land of the living. And that's what Easter is all about. Listen again to the angel's words. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. My friends, Easter reminds us that we are in the land of the dying on our way to the land of the living. Paul Azinger um, wrote about how his perspective on life changed as he went through his, his uh, cancer treatments and as he uh, returned to the PGA. He said, the only way you will ever have true contentment in life is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not saying that nothing ever bothers me and I don't have any problems, but I feel like I found the answer to the six-foot hole. I know that I will spend eternity with God and I have a promise that as a child of God, God will help me deal with anything. God promises to offer me contentment regardless of what life may bring, even cancer. So Jesus' resurrection marks the moment when life overcomes death. But the resurrection also marks the moment when hope overcame grief. Many of us have experienced the trauma of losing someone that we love. And we know that the power of death and grief can destroy a a person. It can make us lose all hope. But it doesn't have to. Stephen Brown says that he was devastated after his younger brother, Ron, suddenly died of a heart attack. He was only in his 40s, a respected, popular attorney and a terrific father. And Stephen never even got the chance to to say goodbye to his brother. It happened so suddenly. And so several weeks after Ron's death, Stephen decided to visit his, his brother's grave. It was a cold, rainy winter afternoon, and 
Ron's grave was not marked yet, and Stephen couldn't find it. And as he trekked through the mud, he suddenly became overwhelmed with grief. And standing there in the middle of the cemetery with the pouring down rain, he began to sob, God, this has been the worst month of my life, and now I can't even find my brother's grave. And then suddenly Stephen says that he, he sensed a presence near him as though Christ has, had drawn alongside him. And those same words that the angel spoke came into his mind like a burst of lightning. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Those words comforted me, Stephen later wrote. And I haven't been back to the cemetery since. Don't need to. Because the one who loved Ron and knew him came to me in my grief. And God promised that God would never leave me. And that, and that has made all the difference in the world. So you see, even death cannot destroy the hope of those who believe in Jesus Christ. So the resurrection marks that moment when hope overcame grief. And then finally, Jesus' resurrection marks the moment when we have a decision to make. Will we leave here like the women, bursting with joy and telling everyone that we know about the eternal life offered to us through knowing Jesus Christ? Or will we leave here more like Peter, who saw the empty tomb and walked away unconvinced and confused? One of the most surprising elements to this story is the initial reaction of the disciples to the women's testimony about finding an empty tomb. Luke tells us that they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. The only exception was Peter, who got up and ran to the tomb. And, and when he peered inside, he, he saw the strips of cloth lying there. And, it went, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now, I don't think we can really blame Peter for this tepid response. But I, I would have hoped for more from him. And I think that the resurrection of Jesus demands a greater response from us as well. You see, this is a decisive moment in our lives. This Jesus who claimed to be the living embodiment of the one true God died. And then after three days, he came back to life. There is no other belief system on the earth that teaches that about their God or their prophet or their founder. The resurrection of Christ serves as the foundation of the Christian faith. It's hard to believe, but it's real. A young woman for many years took care of her father and mother, and morning, noon, and night she fixed them tea out of a can that had a picture of the Rock of Gibraltar on the lid of that can. Then later in life, she took a trip to Egypt, and on the way, she looked out of the porthole in, in, her, in her ship, and she saw there the Rock of Gibraltar, the same rock that she had seen on that can of tea all those many years. 
And she said, I almost cried out. I just kept whispering to myself, it's real. It's real. It's been real all the time. And that's how we will feel on that day when the dead in Christ shall rise. It's real. It's real. It's been real all the time. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And because He lives, we too shall live. In his classic novel, novel, The Robe, Lloyd Douglas has a character named Marcellus who was fascinated by Jesus. And he, he wrote letters to his fiancée, Diana, back in Rome. And in these letters, he told her about Jesus' teachings, his miracles, his crucifixion and his resurrection. And finally, he informed her that he had decided to become a disciple of Christ. And in her response, Diana wrote, What I feared was that it might affect you. It's a beautiful story. And then she said, Let it remain so. We don't have to do anything about it, do we? And the answer to her question is, yes, we do. We do have to do something about it. You see, we have to decide. Does this resurrection really make any difference in my life or not? Is it just a beautiful story? Or does it call you to a very special kind of life? A life of following the ways of, of Christ. When Jesus was born, a host of angels announced his birth and sang praises. But the only ones who heard it were a few poor shepherds working the night shift. And when Jesus rose from the dead, only two angels showed up to announce it. And they only told it to a handful of grieving women. And I know that not everyone will accept the message of Jesus' resurrection. For many, this is a surprise that's just too good, too good to be true. Only some will truly experience the reality of resurrection in their lives. And only a few will be like these women and leave this place and go tell everyone that they know that Jesus is alive. The only question this morning is... Will you be one of them? I heard a story this morning at our sunrise service. And as we preachers do a lot, we steal stories from other preachers. It's about a great British clergyman named William Sangster. He played a prominent role in ministering to residents of London as they gathered night after night in the basement of his church as bombs fell during World War II. And he was there in the years after the war as they rebuilt their nation and as they renewed their faith. But he was diagnosed with an incurable disease that gradually caused all of his muscles to atrophy. And eventually he lost his vocal cords. Which, as you can imagine, is the worst kind of situation for a preacher. But he was still able to write. And and just a few weeks before his death, on Easter Sunday, he wrote a note to his daughter saying how sorrowful it is to wake up on Easter and have no voice to shout 
he is risen. And then he said, far worse to have a voice and not want to shout. My friends, we have something to shout about this morning. Jesus Christ is risen. And because He is risen, death has been overcome by life. Grief has been overcome by hope. And we are confronted with what we shall do with these marvelous truths. And it is my prayer that our hearts and our mouths will be filled with exuberant praise for our risen Savior during this Easter season. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. We've been talking about shouting and singing praises to God. We sing praises to our risen Lord. And we're about to do that with one of the most magnificent pieces of music that is dedicated to praising God. The Hallelujah Chorus. You are invited to sing with us. If you have an inclination towards music, come on up to the choir. I think we got some extra, we got some extra music here. Um, <clears throat> come on up and join us and, 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 and sing with us. Uh, if you want to sing where you are, that's fine too. Uh, but we are going to sing praises to God uh, through this hallelujah chorus. Come and join us as we sing praises today. Matter of fact, we need you. We need you. Come on, Daryl. I'm going to stand next to you.
Go out into the world as the people of God in this place. And may the God who raised Jesus from the dead grant you grace. The Son who gave his life for you, may he give you peace. And the Spirit who is with you day by day, inspire you to greater service, both now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter.